T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think I liked Van Hagar more than Van Halen. Every time I hear that song, I think about that. I can't That's even, a great sports it's a, it's jam. It's an awesome tune. It's it gets one of the you best. excited for a huge game tomorrow. I can't even think of which songs uh, David Lee Roth sang on. I can't like differentiate. Jump. For some... Man, I don't, I don't know. Him. I don't know why, but when I hear them, I don't even think of the singer. No, I know. I know the song. I know they're different sounding, but they also weirdly sound similar to me. I agree, though. Great song. Van Hagar is better, by the way. Lewis Riddick going to join us in about ten minutes. He's in Pittsburgh to call the Steelers and Ravens game tomorrow. And we know how high he was on Kenny Pickett before the season started. He was telling people preemptively, I can't wait to dunk on you on Twitter when Kenny has a big year. So getting his take on what's happened to the Steelers quarterback situation is going to be an interesting one from a guy who interviewed to be the Steelers GM before Omar Khan got the job. But as far as, let's just you know, roll the ball out and talk about tomorrow. I feel incredible about it. Incredible. I th- yeah, I feel like it's gonna I feel like it's all gonna go the Steelers' way. I I don't think it's gonna I don't think this is how their game goes, but I think even if they lost, they would still make the playoffs. Because you think Jacksonville's going down in flames. Yep, and, and I you think, think Denver's, Denver's gonna beat, handle their business. Vegas. Yeah. That, I that feel part of very, the, very confident that, part that we're going to be talking about a Steelers playoff game next week. That part of the equation I'm not crazy about. I still want them to uh, make things as easy as they can on themselves, which would still be winning the football game. Um, I did have one thought about this game. Like The Steelers are favored on the road, and it's because the Ravens aren't going to play Lamar Jackson, and they aren't going to play probably several of their other starters, or guys who do play are going to only play for like a half or just to get some work in and, and try to you know not risk injury. The one thing, though, that kind of gets me is I said this yesterday. The Ravens probably would rather lose this game and try to get the Steelers in and keep the Bills out. And I actually believe, you know, when you have a chance to step back from that as a team, that it, you, you do understand who's better, who's more of a threat. Is Josh Allen more threatening than Mason Rudolph? Yes, obviously. Not lately. But, well, imbalance, Pony. But the thing I always try to bring myself back to is when those guys are out on the field playing, they really don't think of that. You know how we talk about, like, teams tanking? Nobody that's actually out on the field or the court in whatever sport you're in, none of those guys are doing anything, I would think, almost all the time but going 100%. Especially if you're a Ravens second or third team guy who's getting more run in this game than you might get all year. You're trying to get on John Harbaugh's radar, are you not? Hey, this is why I deserve more snaps. Hey, this is why I'm a guy who you can count on in a big situation moving forward. So I have a feeling it's going to be an absolute dogfight kind of game where the Ravens don't give an inch and the Steelers aren't going to just get a walkover because Baltimore basically doesn't care about the game. That does make me nervous. 
Like, I, I, I would feel better if I thought Baltimore was the kind of franchise that in their DNA was just to roll over and play dead in this game, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that's what ends up happening. Because when one team is fully invested on winning and the other team is benching their best players, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh is going to take the seven or eight best guys on his team, and he's already picked Lamar Jackson as one. And he has injured guys too, like Zay Flowers and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to then take probably five or six other guys who he thinks are irreplaceable, Roquan Smith, uh, maybe Patrick Queen, maybe even Jadavion Clowney who's had a big year. Tyler Linderbaum, I mean, Ronnie Stanley, I could keep naming guys. And he's going to take their best players off the field, willingly, voluntarily, because he thinks they're too precious and too important to the playoffs. When you do that, I just think, I know, Steelers fans with a long memory will say, well, in 04, the 15-1 team, the Bills were red hot. The, all they needed to do was beat a they team of backups. De- they had a deposed starter, though, in Tommy Maddox and, playing that and, game. And Willie Parker. And James Harrison and all these guys balled out. Um, For the most part, when teams don't care, they lose in the last week of the season, especially when they're playing a team that has everything to play for. Last year in Week 18, there were five teams that had clinched playoff spots who benched their best players. Those teams went a combined 0-5, and they lost by an average score of like two touchdowns, 12.5 points was the margin of defeat. These things, if the Steelers were going to Baltimore, even with their great history there lately, mm-hmm. they would still be, t- and, and, and Harbaugh played to win. They'd be staring down the barrel of a team that just beat another playoff team by 40 points that crushed San Francisco two weeks ago. I mean, this is just, it's a gig- it's a just massive, massive break for them. And I would worry about them squandering it if I felt like the best their offense could do was score 17 points in a game. But you think that they're going to do more They're than averaging that. 32 the last two. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. So you feel like, so it sounds like you think the game script here, correct me if I'm wrong, is Rudolph's going to come out pretty hot again, get them up early like 10 to 14 points, and then the Ravens are just going to say we're playing out the string. I just looked at the forecast. The high now is 45 degrees. I don't see any calls for like – huge rain or snow during the game if there is any on Saturday it'll all be cleaned up by the time they play it's not going to be an issue so you think Rudolph goes out there they score early and Ravens just say eh we're trying to get out I, this thing injury free and then I think that Tennessee will beat Jacksonville and if for some reason the Jags uh, rebound with Trevor Lawrence back in at quarterback I think Miami will beat Buffalo so you really feel good like so you put your percentage chance you think they would make the playoffs right now or how much money would you feel comfortable betting on the Steelers are playing in a playoff game right this second? Your own money. I'd get good odds. I think they're like plus 120. So I'd, I'd lay 500 or or 1000 bucks. Well, congratulations on all your success. I feel great about it. I really do. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'll put it that way. Yes. I'm at a 9.5 that wow. they make the playoffs. How about you guys? Mm, like I, I'm actually at like above a 6. I'm at a 7, I think. Donnie? 7, I would say. That they make the playoffs yeah. one out of ten? Seven. Uh, I'd go seven or eight. No, we got I, all I good think, vibes here. I, I all think very strong vibes. Your vibes are overwhelming, which is what makes me nervous because your vibes are often then a vibes sign of have things been spot to go the other direction. Last two weeks. All vibes right. have been immaculate. Uh, the, vi- the vibes have been immaculate for two weeks, but the blind squirrel can find two acorns. I, I do think that the Steelers part of the equation is actually the toughest. I think if they take care of their business. Whoa, they're the only team that's favored. 
among the three. I, I, I worry that we're getting suckered on. in by Vrabel cussing a blue streak at that presser. I'm telling you, man, it makes me nervous. We're all getting maybe worked into a shoot Tana by Tannehill just got announced as the starter there, by the way, over Levis. If the Steelers take care of their business, they got two shots on Sunday. I think one of them will happen. Which one? I, you, you're I, on record as saying you like Tennessee yeah. to win. Yeah, he yeah. likes Vrabel. He's a Vrabel kind of guy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, this is going to be fun. Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. It's our pleasure to welcome back uh, Pitt Great, NFL on ESPN. He's in town, or not in town, he's in Baltimore, but he's calling the Steelers and Ravens. 4.30 kickoff tomorrow. A lot on the line for the Steelers. Win and keep your fingers crossed for help on Sunday. Baltimore, Reduced to playing backups because they have the number one seed all locked up. I'm talking about Lewis Riddick back with us here. Lewis, Andrew Filipponi, and Chris Muller, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? We're fired up, man. We really are. Things have changed big time for us from where we were after the Steelers had lost to the Colts and three sure. in a row, and it looked like their season was in peril. And here comes Mason Rudolph to the rescue. What he's done the last two games, Lewis. Just your take on what's unfolded here and what's gone down at the quarterback situation. Your take on Rudolph over Pickett. Well, I think it's I think it's not necessarily fair or accurate just to trace this back to Mason singularly. Um, if Mason was the answer to everything that has ailed the Pittsburgh Steelers, then they wouldn't have drafted Kenny Pickett. They wouldn't have signed Mitchell Trubisky. Like this, this would have been an easy fix a long time ago. Now that's not taking anything away from what Mason has done over the past two weeks in particular, because he has been on fire and I can understand why Mike is doing what he's doing in terms of sticking with him, despite the fact that Kenny has been cleared to play. So I get it, but I guess I'll put it like this. I think, you know, football is always complementary between phases, offense, defense, special teams, and then within phases. I mean, in, in this particular case on the offense, what really has started to roll 
for this football team is you see the way this offensive line is coming off the ball. You see the way Najee and Jalen Warren are running. You see the very detailed, smart, timely usage of motion and what it does for the run game and the pass game. And then you see what happens when things are very clear, very defined, very simplified. You're playing to the strengths of your team, and you dial up the obvious things that you need to dial up to feature the guys who are your best players. And in this particular case, I'm talking about the passing game. And whenever the hell George is one-on-one, throw it to him. Just throw it to him. He's going to win nine out of ten times. And Mason has done a fantastic job of getting the ball to him. He's done a fantastic job of keeping the ball out of harm's way. He's done a great job of then next level holding defenders, moving defenders, manipulate second-level defenders to keep them where he needs them so he can keep George in these one-on-one situations. And George is delivered. He is absolutely delivered. The tight ends have delivered in the run game. The way they're setting the edge, the way they're tandem blocking, the way Allen Robinson has contributed in, in blocking, you know, in the in the run game. Calvin's jet sweep against Cincinnati, the way in which he, you know, he came across the formation and was rolling on that play. The way Jalen Warren set up that play when he just absolutely knocked the hell out of um, who was that that he hit? Pratt, uh, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, Jermaine Pratt, exactly. And you saw what Jalen and Nazi were doing to uh, Seattle's defenders last week. You saw those stiff arms they were throwing last week. You saw how Broderick was blocking last week. Have you seen James Daniel block any better than he's blocked over the past two weeks? I haven't. Mason Cole looks fantastic. I mean, th- these guys right now, whatever, whatever it is that has allowed this football team to, from a complimentary standpoint on the offensive side of the ball, say over the past two weeks, the hell with it. We're coming downhill. We're punching in the face. We're going to play like the Steelers of – 1994, when I played against the Cowher Steelers, and we lost to them three times in one season when I was with the Browns. We lost to them twice in the regular season and then lost to them again in the playoffs, and John L. Williams yep. and Van Mars both ran for over 100. So, or let's see, John L., Van Mars, and Barry Foster, all three of them ran for over 100 that day. <laughs> That's the kind of mentality that this team has now. Spinning it forward, and I think collectively, it's a beautiful thing to see because I'm sure people in Pittsburgh are going, "This is what the hell we've been waiting for. This is what we're used to." So, hey, Coach Faulkner, keep it going. Coach Sullivan, keep it going because this right here is something that has caught the attention of their opponents. It has the attention of the Ravens. Trust me. And it has the attention of us as a broadcast crew tomorrow because I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't. I love football that really is simplified. It's about hat on hat, block control, physicality, technique. And it's about staying power for three and a half hours or however long the game lasts. What better way to end the season than with that? Lewis, all those complimentary things and line-related things, I don't think you'd get a, an ounce of disagreement about any of that from anyone in Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh. Excuse me, We've all seen it, and yet you would say it's the last two weeks it's happened, and people would say, well, how much of that has to do then with just getting a little bit of a steadier 
performance from the quarterback. So when you look at Rudolph, what has okay. he done in those two weeks that you that you feel has been maybe different from what they were getting the well, weeks prior? Well, what what I would say is okay. So like I said, Mason has been very good with decision making, ball out on time, putting the ball where it needs to be put. Look, the, the way he's throwing the speed outs, the timing that he's throwing them with, the location he's throwing them with. Has been fantastic. Um, his connection with George down the field on the nine balls outside the numbers, and he's dropped some absolute just rainmakers right into the bread. Bed. I mean, beautiful. And George is making the plays. There's no question about that. Deontay has looked good. They have responded to him in the passing game in particular in a way that can't be denied. I wouldn't. I would have made the same decision that that Mike made as far as keeping Mason in there. The team has responded to him. There's no question about that. I think it's a multi-layered issue. I think that the way the teams look, look, quarterback. I mean, offensive linemen don't all of a sudden come off the ball and block, and running backs don't run the way that they're running simply because, well, new quarterbacks in. I'm going to try harder now. I'm just going to do better now. So it's not one of those where Mason comes in and they go, oh, there's the answer. Now we're going to start. Now we're going to get our ass in gear. Now we're going to knock some people off the ball. No, it doesn't work like that. I know people want to make that connection that, well, the reason why Najee and Jalen are running this way is because they didn't want to run that way when Kenny was in there. No, that's not true. That's not how it works. And I think if we try and make that connection, we're doing Kenny a disservice and we're putting – more giving Mason more credit than what he actually would deserve in that respect. And that's not to take anything away from the guy because the guy has been playing winning football. And again, for the third time, I'll say this, I would have left him in there too. Lewis, I would have left him in there too. Lewis Riddick with us, uh, calling the game tomorrow for ESPN. What a gigantic game for the Steelers and Ravens with the Steelers having to win that game and then uh, hope for some help on Sunday with the Jags, Titans, and possibly Bills, Dolphins later in the night. Um, yeah. so, so what do you think then – what is Kenny Pickett's future with the Steelers as you see it right now, Lewis Riddick? I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't know. I think going into next year, look, that's going to be something that's going to require a lot of internal discussion as to, one, individually, where's the player at in his development? What have we done to help him? What have we done to hurt him? What has he done to help himself? What is it that we think in our estimation, meaning I'm talking like if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, what is it that, he, that we feel like maybe he doesn't have? That maybe did we miss on something? Does he not have the, kind of, the, the, the things that we need in order to take this team to the next level or not? There's a lot of discussion that's going to go on about that in the offseason that we're not going to be privy to, and they have more information than we do. And then number two, the bigger picture discussion. I think Mike has alluded to this. What did we do to help him scheme-wise, coaching-wise, play-calling-wise uh, play when he was in there? What, were, what was the support like around him when he was in there as opposed to when he wasn't in there and Mason kind of took off? What was the difference? Why did, that, why did Mason be in there? Why did it all of a sudden spark? Why did all of a sudden everything start to click? All of that stuff is going to need to be talked about to determine, okay, so now how do we go into 24? Do we go into it with Kenny having to compete to be the starter? Do we just put him back in there as the starter? What if they make it into the playoffs and they go on a run? Yeah. 
You know, so there, there's a lot of things we don't know right now that will determine how those conversations look. And honestly, I would say this. Everything's probably going to be on the table as it should be. I would say, though, for you, Lewis, based on the information you have right now, you've been in front offices before. You've yeah. you've strived for GM chairs. Like, which direction would you be leaning at this moment? That one right there that I just told you. I'd have to I, – I think everything would be on the table. Would you be making sure to bring Mason back? Because it seems like Trubisky's the obvious odd guy out, eat the right. dead money. How how motivated would yeah, you be to bring I, I, Mason I, back? I, I think I think that's probably something that, especially if he winds up winning tomorrow, they, maybe they get into the playoffs and who knows? Who knows what the hell happens from there? Yeah, I think I would definitely be thinking, look, we have to prepare for the fact that this is a guy we need back here for sure. We do. And then what else do we need to do? Then what do we need to do? Are we set then? We let those two guys battle it out in the offseason? Like, how, how do we handle this? Yeah, I, I don't right, – right now, I definitely would be leaning towards he has to be on the roster in 24, for sure. Lewis, when you say all options are on the table, like, I throw out names like Russell Wilson, Justin Fields in a trade, Michael Pinnix drafted somewhere late first round, second round. Are you talking about things like that? Yeah, I mean, look, again – these, these these situations, I, I know you want me to like make a hard, you know, like a, a, you know, draw a line in the sand and say, well, this is what I would do. Well, I, I can't do that simply because they have info about how they feel, and the guy who's at the center of this conversation, how they feel Kenny has come along and what he has yet to still yep. uh, accomplish that I don't have. And you can't make a hard line decision on that without having that information. Hell, they can't. They're not even making that decision yet. And they have all the info. So it's, it's one of those where this is, this is going to be a situation, there, there's no doubt it'll dominate the conversation all season in Pittsburgh. Lewis, and we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll discuss it some on, on TV tomorrow during the game. Well, you, you and I both back in August, I, I'll speak for myself here, you know, I thought Kenny was going to compete for a championship this season. I thought he would get MVP votes maybe. I thought he was going to be a breakout player, yeah. one of the best yeah. quarterbacks in the entire league. That yep. clearly hasn't happened. I, I know you were very bullish on him too. Very I, much so. I, I, on on tape, what, what did what happened in your opinion that kept him or prevented that season from happening for him? From what you, you know, saw, I've watched Kenny. I mean, obviously, my my focus over the past um, over the past week has really been studying Mason and why you know what is sparking him. Yep. In the offense right now. I'll have to do a real deep dive on, on, on Kenny to really give you the kind of answer that I'm typically going to give. I'm not going to just give some half-assed answer about, well, I think, you know, sure. maybe it was the play calling. Maybe it was, you know, Matt just wasn't able to, like, get this offense rolling. And maybe on this third down, they didn't really get the ball to the people they needed to. Or maybe George didn't run the right route. Or maybe Deontay didn't run the right route. Or maybe Kenny just doesn't have it. He didn't see it clearly. He bailed out of the pocket. There's a number of different things I can just kind of, like, haphazardly throw at sure. you and slap out there and have people go, the people who like Kenny will go, yeah, that makes sense that people will hate him and go, oh, you're just defending him because you're a pit crack. I, I need to look at it, and I will. Because this is one of those where, look, I don't like being wrong. I don't like the fact that during the preseason, I thought Kenny was going to click with George. I thought this running game was going to go from the get-go and that this team was going to not struggle like it did. And so I'll be able to make my assessment after really looking at it like that, and then I still won't know some of the information that they know as far as what did hold him back? Why didn't it click? Was, I mean, obviously, we saw who they got rid of now, don't we? 
we saw the change that they did make finally, didn't we? How much of a role did that play in it? How much was that a part of it? Um, Lewis, I have one question all, on this on this front. These are all great questions that I that we'll all have to like really dig into in the offseason, and I will. I guarantee it. <laughs> Lewis, I wanted to ask you this, because, and, and I'll say it. It's from my perspective what I see as a viewer, obviously not your trained eye, and so I just want – wanted to see if you could react to this. The one thing I've noticed with Kenny that's been different from with Mason is Kenny mm-hmm. seemed more willing to get out of the pocket quickly and get to yep. the edge, spin into trouble yep. sometimes. Mason has largely stood in there and tried to yep. go through his reads. When we talk about pocket yep. presence and being more comfortable, in your experience watching players from college to pros, then watching guys as they progress in the pros, is that something, that sense of being comfortable in the pocket, something that can be learned over a course of years or yeah. is that one of those innate things in your studies of players? No, it, it can be learned. Look, Kenny's not a coward. He's not afraid to stand in the pocket. He's not one of those guys who's going to be like, the rush is it's getting too hot in here, I'm the hell out of here, because he doesn't have that kind of courage. He's plenty tough. He also is plenty athletic to where sometimes, if in his judgment, he wants to get out of there and give himself a clearer view and or create some space for himself, you should afford him the right to do so. Now, that's not that's not always something that's advantageous on a play-by-play basis. I will say this. It seems as though what they are asking Mason to do and the way in which they have simplified it for him in the passing game is something that really jives well with how he sees the game out there on the field. He's seeing it very clearly. And he is playing – look, I've heard all the great quarterbacks. We've heard them all talk this way. He's playing on time. <laughs> it's happening on time for him. And so clearly whatever they're telling him in the classroom and how he's repping it on the practice field, it's translating to the games in such a way that he's playing clean football. They're he's hypnotizing him into thinking it's the air raid in the Big 12 apparently, Lewis. <laughs> What's that? I said they might be hypnotizing him then to thinking he's playing air raid football in the Big 12 again the way he's looking. Who knows? But I'll tell you what, his, um, his two-week resume here in 2023 is fantastic. Now, I will tell you this. Even though um, they will be obviously probably not playing all their players tomorrow, and we'll see which ones line up and which ones don't, Yep. this is a step up in competition from Cincy and Seattle in a big way, in a big, big way. I doubt it'll be as clean and as easy for him in this game as maybe it was when you're throwing a eight-yard slant against single high and the safety takes an angle, the angle of a blind man against Cincy, and he goes 86 <laughs> yards. I doubt it's going to be like that. I doubt they're just going to get up on the line of scrimmage and not touch George at the line and let him just sprint off the ball in single high coverage and let Mason just basically throw seven on seven to him and say, hey, can you complete this or not? I don't think Mike McDonald and John Harbaugh are going to just go, yeah, let's just try that. Let's just try what Seattle did. Let's try what Cincy did. I think it'll be a little bit different. And you know what? If Mason answers the bell and he's still dealing like he's dealing right now, then that's going to make the offseason all the more interesting. Yeah, yeah, Lewis, I wanted to close with that. Like, if Rudolph finishes the season on a high note and plays well to the very end of the Steelers' season, he's a free yeah. agent. What do you think yeah. the market for him would look like? Yeah, it, that's, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, teams will, teams won't, 
when you're evaluating guys, obviously, you know, you want to make sure that you don't fall victim to recency bias and just look at what you want to look at in order to justify what you want to do. You've got to take it all and, and add it all up and say, look, who are we getting? Are we getting this three-game, four-game, five-game snippet of this player? Or do we know what he is based off of his full body of work? And, and we know that, hey, look, he's still someone who we would consider to be a backup who can come in in these spot situations for three and four games and light it up. Or do we think that all of a sudden now he's turned the corner to where he can be a 17-game starter and play playoff caliber football? Look, my, my guess is people are going to still value Mason Rudolph for what he has done this year, which is he's a guy who can come in and win games for you and play good for a number of different weeks. But it's not a 17-game sample size that we're looking at here, and so let's not fool ourselves. Until and I, I would I would be hard pressed to think that some team is going to look at him as a 17 game starter, regardless of what he has done over the past two weeks. Now going on this third game against Baltimore, could he get a and Heineke that, or Brissett deal or something like that, yeah, Lewis? That, that could be the situation. See, the guy who I'm thinking about. Okay, there, there's been many quarterbacks who have had hot runs at the end of a season and on in, into the playoffs. Think about what happened with Nick Foles, right? Yep. So he leads the team to a Super Bowl, and they win it. And all of a sudden, people look at their they, – they, they start looking at him differently, thinking, well, maybe this guy is a 17-game starter. Maybe he's a franchise-type quarterback. And he starts being looked at as such, and then he disappoints. And see, those are the kind of things that scouting departments have to guard against and have to be very careful of when you're looking at a guy who's on a hot streak like he is right now. There's a reason why people are backups, people are starters, People are pro bowlers, and then people are Hall of Famers. And usually the difference between those guys is not if they can do it sometimes, it's if they can do it all the time. Backups can do it sometimes. The reason why they're backups is because you can't trust them to do it all the time. Starters are guys who you can win with, but probably guys who aren't going to maybe take you over the top and make game-changing difference-making plays. Those are pro bowlers. And then Hall of Famers are the guys who can do the kind of stuff that very, very few in the world can do. That's how you have to kind of start looking at this. So you can't be fooled by moments in time, but that's not to take anything away from the fact that Mason has taken this opportunity and he has run with it, dude. And again, Mike is making the right decision in my estimation. You've got to leave him in there. You've got to. Lewis Riddick, Pitt great, proud Pitt man. He's going to be calling Steelers and Ravens tomorrow afternoon on ESPN Channel 4 here in Pittsburgh. Lewis, it's always great when we get to have you on the Pitt flagship station. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk again soon, okay? You bet. Thanks for the combo, man. There you go. I thought he was going to actually say at the very end there, you'll get a guy like Matt Flynn. I did too, actually. I thought we were getting a Matt Flynn there. I really did. I also had Rob Johnson in my head. That Matt Scott Mitchell in Miami before he went to Detroit with Barry Sanders. Dudes like that. The Matt Flynn game is my all-time favorite. He throws for six touchdowns in the final week of the season. Seattle signs him to a decent contract. They draft Russell Wilson, and he never plays. Donnie, look up Matt Flynn's numbers from the game he had against. It's against the Lions. Well, he had one back with Green Bay against the Steelers in week 16. Matty Flynn? Yeah. Wasn't he back there, Aaron? Oh, yeah, that game they played in the snow. Game at Lambeau, Chris. Which year? That would have been the year they went 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, that was 2013. That would have yeah, been week on. I'm, 16. I've got it for you. Matty Flynn played a good game against the Steelers Matt Flynn, that day. Uh, he good threw a really doing, bad pick to Cortez Allen. He's good is doing I mean, a lot of work he here. Threw. 21 of 39 for 232, 1-1. One one. Yeah, not good weather, though.
All right, so Lewis Riddick just joined us. And honestly, I thought at the beginning of the segment he was setting us up for a Kenny Pickett should still be the Steelers starting quarterback take. Because when we just made it about Mason Rudolph at the beginning and the Mason magic, he started to give everybody else credit for the Steelers' offensive Mm -hmm. success. The offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers. And yeah, many of them have played a lot better in the last two games. I don't think with the wide receivers, it's coincidental. I don't really think with the line it is, though, either, because if they're... What I wanted to say to Lewis, but you want to let him obviously speak his mind and say his piece there. That's why we're having him on, Pony. It's not that the line woke up and said, we're going to block better and play harder. No one's really implying that. I think what people are implying is this. When you have a quarterback who ends up, for one reason or another, terrible angle, whatever it is, against single high, hit a couple of long touchdowns, it becomes much easier to run because defenses get more inherently worried that you're going to hit them over the top. But I I also think that the way defenses are forced to make a decision on how they line up against the Steelers with Rudolph out there is a big deal. Safeties come down to play the run. Rudolph beats them deep. Safeties stay deep. They run the ball. They have a numbers advantage up front. Pretty black and white to me. As to the difference he's made. Yeah, that's, that's what just, I'm saying. That's my opinion, and Lewis Riddick uh, doesn't quite share that, obviously. And He's played football in college, the NFL, and was almost a GM in the league, so... Maybe you want to take his um, opinion well, for, over here, mine. Hold on. Here's, here's a thought, though. Wait a minute. Kenny didn't, hasn't played since the middle of the Arizona game, right? Yep. So if we're asking what changed in the last two weeks, you're not even asking what changed from Kenny to Mason. It's not a direct one-to-one. It's what changed from Trubisky, a guy no one cares about defending in this town. It wasn't working that way with Mitch. They had a one-yard touchdown drive against the Colts. They really scored seven points of their own volition. And the in that Colts game. statistically had one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. So it's not like they went up against some and the Patriots, juggernaut unit. The Patriots are good on defense or better than like, you know, they're usually pretty solid. But my point here is it wasn't even being asked in the sense of, well, it was Kenny right before Mason and then it all got better. The line wasn't blocking for Mitch Trubisky. He wasn't but, able to take advantage of anything. But, but at the end of the at, at the end of it though. When you take everything that Lewis said, somebody that, like me, was going after people for uh, not buying in, you know, Lewis did, we have, we could play it, we have a rant from him before the season started over at Pitt when he was there for an event, talking about how one of his favorite things from this football season was going to be making fun of Kenny Pickett haters and doubters and critics. And we that also know that he terribly. does not he does not like being wrong. So, well, so he but that my point that that's context for that was his starting point. Mm-hmm. He thought that this was going to be a breakout year for Kenny, where he was mentioned among the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, fast forward to January, he can't even commit to Kenny as the starter next year. I have a question for you about this. Yes, Lewis would, in the course of his answers, go back to the idea of. The Steelers have to have, they have a bunch of information we're not privy to. They have to soul search and say, is there, what did we not do to surround him play calling wise, et cetera, scheme wise, all that. And then one of the things he listed was maybe he just doesn't have it as a thing that they will have to consider. What of those feels most true to you right now when you're evaluating the player? Like he's bringing up all these other aspects of football, complimentary football that might've contributed to Kenny not being the guy he and they thought he was going to be. 
What right now rings truest to you, a guy that by your own admission was as gung-ho as anyone, if not more than anyone? That, that, he's, that he's not as good as I thought he was just because of how the offense has clicked over the last two weeks. I mean, if this had never happened, it would have been easy for me to just fall back on Canada's scheme sucks, get him a new offensive coordinator, and we all live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel that way right now. Now, you know, if, if Mason goes out there and they get held to seven points against a bunch, a bunch of backups tomorrow, that will be a key data point that will probably swing me back around to the offense being the problem. But right now... Uh, watching a guy throw six touchdowns the entire season and watching the offense have to basically run uphill to score 17 points in a game or even 13 points in a game. And now they're getting that in the first half. Yeah, first quarter. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of discussion this week about character assassination this and wanting to see someone fail. I wanted to see Kenny succeed. I, I wanted to believe that they had made ultimately the right choice. But when you consider the last two games of work, it is hard to ignore the idea that the thing, the conclusion the Steelers would have to internally come to is the guy is not as good as we thought he was going to be. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.